0: one of us have all experienced some kind of trauma. I think a lot of times we forget to check in with ourselves. We all need to move our bodies.
1: Hello, hello, hello! Did you agree to be live streamed? Yes, I did. Okay, so here we are live on Facebook. Reimagine the Turtle Creek Watershed and Airshed Communities Plus. And I am so excited to be introducing you, Tammy Leisher of Studio T Pilates in Michigan. And I just have to give a shout out to my dear friend um, Allie Green, who has the Equilibrium Pilates Studio right here locally, where we are outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And if any of you are interested, you can um, go to the Reimagine tcwac.org website to hear that incredible interview it's also on spotify and tiktok and instagram <laughs> yeah all those places so tammy welcome 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 how are you today
0: thank you i'm good thanks for inviting me i, I it's an honor
1: so i know that you are an owner or co-owner of a pilates studio But some people here who are on their own journeys into their divine health and wellness Mm -hmm. may not know what Pilates is. Can we start out with that question? Sure. I own the
0: Pilates studio. So right now I, I have contractual teachers that work for me, but it's predominantly me in the studio. So Pilates was developed by a man named Joseph Pilates in Germany. And it's well over, it's probably about 100 years old. But it was a system of exercises that he developed to help bring people back to health and wellness. So Joseph Pilates was very sick as a child, and so these exercises came about to help people strengthen and lengthen. And at first it started off with just Matt Pilates, and eventually he incorporated what we know today as reformers and Cadillac, and there's chairs, And a ladder barrel and other small props that go along with Pilates. So I've had the studio, oh gosh, since 2018. And I I was working a dual career for more than 30 years.
1: So before I ask you more about Pilates, tell us about your dual career. And what led you into then stepping into Pilates full time? Okay. Because I know that running a studio is no small venture. It's uh, so you must have, i you know, you must have some sort of background in planning and in, in implementing, uh, helping others. Is that true? Mm-hmm. I'm just guessing here. Yes. Yes. So I worked for a long time
0: in different, what I'm going to say, arenas in the field of early childhood education. And I did a lot of like grant writing and planning and things along those lines. But I also worked with people who were affected by trauma. And I did trauma education both on my job. And then I also taught for a long time for the University of Michigan Flint, I taught education classes, which also had components of trauma education. And I saw, because I did teacher trainings, when I say teacher, I'm talking like Early childhood education teachers and, and children's things, children's trainings as well. But I used movement as a modality for, I don't want to even use the word healing, but to help with processing for both the teachers and for the children. So I have, in addition to Pilates, I have a strong background also in yoga. And so it first started off with, you know, there's a lot of educational programs out there for trauma informed movement for yoga. But not a lot for what I'm just going to say trauma informed. I call it trauma informed movement. So, my goal, I don't even want to call it a goal, my dream was to create a program that was somehow going to incorporate movement and trauma together. So, when COVID hit, I resigned right a month before COVID started. So, I resigned from my full time job in February of 2020. And I had always had like a framework of like the curriculum and things that I was going to do and I first created a program for children then it kind of evolved into what it is today which is a 10 week program for and it can be not only for teachers but it can be for people who've been affected by trauma and like understanding how it impacts your health and how it impacts your your ability to move so I I did I did things for like a double career for a long time,
1: that is so fascinating. Uh, there's <laughs> there's so much to unpack here, from my perspective. So let's 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 figure out where to start. You have a background in early childhood education, so beautiful. I have to honor my mother; may she rest in peace. She was also in early childhood education, and I want to move on to the fact. That you worked at the university in Flint, Michigan. Is that mm-hmm. what I called? What I heard? Yep. So, Flint, Michigan, those that are on, you know, watching live or on the replay through this Reimagine the Turtle Creek watershed and airshed communities, I have goosebumps here because we are in a watershed that is in the midst of uh, being insulted by a lot of pollution. And so it's not just the watershed that is, is, is being insulted, but it is the people that live here and that, that not only the people that live here now, but the generations of people who, who lived here previously. And so I just wanna honor the land where I stand, which is the, you know, the land of the Osage peoples, and all of the people who have come since, uh, you know, honoring the trees and the waters and the air, and knowing that we have the opportunity from the inside out to come back to our true nature. So the fact that you're, I'm just absorbing what you just basically downloaded, which is that First, you, you, you pivoted, you, you, you quit your other job, and you became full time in what you knew was necessary to move. I literally have goosebumps the collective consciousness forwards instead of staying where we are or going backwards. So you're working right yes. at the intersection of our, what I call our regenerative future where you're giving back Mm -hmm. more than you're taking. So you not only know how to take care of yourself through the practice of Pilates, based on the work of Joe Pilates from 100 years ago, and and more into contemporary times, but you're offering this uh, through workshops and classes. And you are, you know, you started with children, but then you're also working with trauma. So I want to just weave in the trauma piece too, because I know at this moment in time and whether you're watching live or in the replay, you can drop in the, the, you know, the chat in the um, Facebook thread, whether you're watching live or on the replay, what are some traumatic things that come up for you during this conversation? Is it personal trauma? You may not want to share that, or you might feel free to share that or is it what is the trauma of the collective that's going on right now what is the trauma what are the traumas to the air to the water have you heard of what's been going on in flint michigan do you know what's going on in pittsburgh pennsylvania in and what do you know why reimagine the turtle creek was formed as a positive response to the healing of us and the earth. So Tammy, go into a little bit more detail about what it is that you first have done for yourself. And you might want to tell us if you feel comfortable, what do you do on a daily basis to take care of yourself? What is your personal practice? So my personal
0: practice is I usually always start my morning off with some kind of movement, whether it's a Pilates class or something where it's just a gentle, like starting off gently and then moving into a more full body workout, followed by always by journaling and reading um, some nervous system work, depending on how I feel. And usually my morning, I usually on a day that I don't have to be at the studio, I might spend upwards of at least 40 minutes journaling and meditating and doing different um, things along those lines. So I also, breath work is also really important to me. And I think that when you talk about trauma, each one of us have all experienced some kind of trauma, especially... Um, when you're talking about COVID and now that you've got the Delta variants, but I just want to speak just briefly about what occurred in Flint. So there was a water crisis in the city of Flint where I worked and there was lead in the pipes. And so then there was also heightened lead in children as well, which we affect, which affects their growth and their development. And it was really, um, It was pivotal for me to spend time working with both the teachers and with the children and the community and so i I, it's been probably about three or four years now since i left the university but i really had to dive deep into my regular job which i worked for a program here in genesee county which would be a head start and so that was we were on the and i had teachers that were on the front lines so we were dealing with a lot of developmental issues babies were being born with it or maybe they're five years old and they had been exposed to it prenatally so there was a really a big really a really really big push and that's what really i mean i've always been interested in trauma but that was a really big catalyst for me to dive deeper into trauma and what does it do to first of all to individuals and second of all what does it do collectively to the communities where we live and this is not even talking about any other kind right now I'm just talking trauma in general and we're not I'm not talking about you know racial trauma or anything at all like that because you trauma to me right now when we're looking at what we're looking at it has to start with us and we and I always say whether we have trauma that we can remember but childhood trauma or it could be even you know like trauma in 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 any form or fashion but it's just acknowledging that we've all had something and sometimes it takes work to work through trauma
1: absolutely so over time you have given yourself permission to pause to take time for yourself every day so I want the listeners and those who are watching live on Facebook to hear what Tammy just said, that she takes time for herself each and every day for her Pilates practice, for her meditation practice. And if she's not working in her studio because she has others that work for her, with her, she takes a lot of time each day. How much time... I may have missed this because I was trying to broadcast this live. How much time might you take during a day working with yourself in meditation or in Pilates? If you don't have other, what I want to call time constraining I job would, type things. Yeah.
0: I would say at least an hour and a half. An but hour, again, yeah. But again, you know, it's, meditation and, and movement. I mean, it can be for somebody who's first starting out and I don't, And this is why I really am always careful because it might be a meditation for somebody might just be getting up and walking outside in their yard and doing what I call a moving meditation where they're taking in what's going on around them because the power of nature is so profound for us and being outside. And it doesn't just have to be sitting in meditation. It could be something of listening. Maybe there's something inspirational that people want to listen to on a podcast, or maybe it means they're reading a book or just sitting quietly and reflecting on how do they feel both, you know, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I think a lot of times we forget to check in with ourselves and say, oh my gosh, I'm feeling depleted today because." I was up half the night because it was raining outside. I I don't, I just use that as an example, but it's, it's really, it's very individualized and very personal and not everybody has a practice like that. So I just, it's beneficial, but I also want to make it be very clear that there's other ways just sitting other than sitting in meditation. It might be running. It might be walking. It might be riding a bike. It might be taking a high intensity workout class.
1: So someone is asking, can you 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 answered the question before I had a chance to to say what the question is, you know, can you start with less than one and a half hours? So what oh, you're answer. saying is that people are already doing this without realizing it when they're walking, when they're jogging, when they're swimming, when they are, you know, just taking a moment to walk away from yeah. whatever it is they might be doing. And are there practices that you recommend to people in addition to coming into your studio? Because here we are, we're remote, you know, we're, we're, we're talking to you in Michigan and we're in Southwestern Pennsylvania, or do you, do you, you know, it might be that you work with people in the program and that's it. Is it, is it available virtual? Is it available? I, How do we find you is my question. Okay.
0: So it's the name of my studio is called Studio T Pilates, P-I-L-A-T-E-S. And I'm located in Grand Blanc, Michigan. And the zip is 48439. My name is also Tammy Leisher, and it's T-A-M-I-L-Y-S-H-E-R. And they can find me on Instagram. They can find me on Facebook. They could send me a direct message on Facebook if they'd like to, but they do not have to start with an hour and a half. I I'm only telling you my practice. They might only even start with just five minutes of just sitting and breathing and just understanding like how they're feeling and connecting with themselves.
1: So, so the next question that's coming up here is what does doing when does doing an activity become meditative? So like, how do you make that mental transition in the moment? I can really relate to that question because I understand that sometimes even when I'm meditating, it's not really meditation in in the way some people define meditation. But I think part of it is not to judge yourself but exactly. just set the intention, if you're ready to go out running or walking or whatever, that may be part of it. And you might go by yourself rather than with a friend and just set the intention that you're going to look at things in a different way. Uh, Tammy, you may or may not know that I'm I... a doctor. And so I, the idea of seeing things differently, just setting that intention can be, and I'm asking you the question and then I'm answering it in my own way, but I'm gonna turn it over to you in just a moment because I've had a lot of internal dialogue and dialogue with others around this particular question. So Annie, thanks for that question. Uh, shout out to Annie Dealy, the community organizer for Reimagine the Turtle Creek Watershed and Airshed Communities Plus. I also want to encourage all of you that are watching now live or on the replay or hearing this as a podcast to please share this widely because these gems, these nuggets that Tammy is sharing are so important for all of us in these incredible moments in time of of what's being called COVID. And yes, that's a controversial thing I just said. But the story that I'm telling myself and others is very different than the mainstream. And so, Tammy, what is uh, meditation 101? Let's just say basic.
0: Okay. So I, and I always like to use this, this analogy with people and most people can understand when I talk about this is meditation and again, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you my analogy with this. So I've had people say to me, well, I can't meditate. And, I, and these are people that I've talked to and I said, do you pray? And they're like, well, yeah, of course I pray. Well, and in that sense, maybe praying is their meditation, but meditation can also be, cause you ask how to get into what I'm going to call the zone. So walking outside is a really good example because you, you connect with nature in a different way. And one thing I'm going to say that I think is really important is to disconnect from your phone. (laughs) And I'm not saying I I'm just saying because when we are so distracted from it, it makes it really hard to connect with yourself. A few weeks ago, I posted something on on my Facebook group. And I said, like, I needed clarity. And so I needed to, and what I did was, is I'm a a very much, I like to ride outside and I got on my bike and I rode for 25 miles, but where I was at in order for me to feel safe, I took my phone, but I was still disconnected from it because it was in a pouch on my bike. But the bottom line is, I think that just, just becoming a, first of all, it's the awareness. If you want to cha- make a change in yourself, because this isn't something that just popped up and I just started doing. It's been a practice that I've been doing for a very long time. And it's really, I, I think that when you're in a time where you are, there's so much emotional turmoil around a lot of different subjects, that sometimes we have a tendency to work ourselves up. And I really try to make it a practice every day to have positive affirmations. Maybe even, a, well, I, I mean, it might be, I'm going to have a good day. I mean, and there's play, and you can get stuff off of the internet. You can Google positive affirmations, and there's a whole host of things that will come up. But it's also about the awareness. And you were talking about, you said you're an eye doctor, correct? You should, you can just nod your head. Okay. So one of the things that I really like to talk about is like the, like connecting, because all of the like the, the vagus nerve and the proprioception and how we l- take any in information through our eyes and to feel safe. So you might turn your head left to right. Even notice how your neck and your shoulders and your head is feeling. And even something simple like turning left or right and then center and then turning, And let your eyes just be your gauge and then bring your head back to center. And then maybe you look up toward the sky or the trees. And I'm in my car right now. so. <laughs> and then even <laughs> dropping your chin down towards your chest. And I always, whether I'm most of the time, I either begin or I end my classes with some kind of like, like visual things. And even like, letting your eyes like be cat like, what i'm just going to say a normal range and then let your eyes roll up toward this how high can what kind of things can you see without looking out the window like up a higher or letting them go down so you're not moving your head down but you're letting your eyes go downcast so there's so much information that we take in through our eyes if you're really overwhelmed rub your hands together and then cover your eyes so you're desensitizing what you're doing. So if you're under a lot of stress, and I've done this before, even like going out to my car and rubbing your hands together, taking a few deep breaths, and I'm talking deep breaths. So you're rubbing your hands together, cupping them over your face. Now take a big breath in and then let it go. So really allowing those that breath to be audible really is cathartic for you. And doing that three different times can be really like grounding. And some days I don't have time for a full practice. And what I just did is my meditation practice, just something as simple as that. So I might journal a little bit. And I, like today, for example, today was not one of my like really long days because I've taught three hours. And then I had another commitment that I had to do. And I had to be where I'm at. Actually, I'm sitting outside right now doing something else. But I didn't have time to do exactly what I normally do. So there are days that I might only have 10 or 15 minutes. In addition to movement, movement is every day for me. I don't feel right unless I do something every day. But not every and I don't want to make it sound that everybody has to do that. It might be sitting in your chair and lifting your feet up off the floor, or moving your arms, even, I don't know, you can't see a whole lot of me here, but even like lifting your arms, and then lowering them down.
1: Wow, 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 wow. So we didn't plan this ahead. This is the disclaimer. The other thing is, I just want to mention you're in your car, but you are not driving. So now if you are listening to this interview live, that's great. Don't watch us if you're driving. And for those who are listening to the replay on the podcast, Tammy just illustrated so beautifully some of the natural eyesight improvement techniques that I have been practicing and teaching for over 33 years. And um, (laughs) the second, you know, the first is what I call an open eye stretch, some version of that. And the second that you demonstrated is called palming. I, I teach it in a slightly different way, but Anyway, so that's why I've been smiling so widely for those of you that are watching this, you know, and seeing the visual. So thank you for sharing those tips and tools. Tammy, it has been uh, a pleasure to uh, be with you today. And I just want you to repeat before we sign off how people can find you and if you are offering things virtually. I do
0: offer things virtually. I do have what I'm going to say, because you guys are in the same time zone as I am. I offer early morning classes. Like I'm talking 530 on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and six sometimes 6 a.m. on Tuesday and Thursday. Saturday morning, I have an 8 o'clock class. I also do privates, and those can be scheduled differently. So that would be just like doing something. But I also want to just put a plug in here, too that I also have created a program called Trauma-Informed Movement. So even if you're not a teacher and you're interested in something like that, please just even reach out to me. And I actually have a website, or I actually have a Facebook group and it's called Trauma-Informed Movement. You do not have to be my friend on Facebook. You can just request to join. And so some of this stuff and I do, and I've gone in and I've done some Facebook lives on there as well. I also do under the studio name, I do Monday, every Monday night, I do something of revolving around trauma and movement and connecting things back together, like connecting the movement. Like I did one last Monday and I used perfectionism because a lot of times people who are Like if you're a perfectionist, you don't necessarily want to move your body because you're afraid to move your body because you might do something wrong. That's not, it's how you feel. And it's like making yourself be aware of, it's okay. You don't have to look like me. You're not going to look like me because our bodies are different. And being, you know, humbling and respecting yourself that we all need to move our bodies, whether it's just a little bit or for somebody who can be really expansive and open up. So.
1: That is so beautiful. Please, after we get off of this live, share your links and your information, the name of your studio, and how we can get in touch with you in the Reimagine the Turtle Creek Watershed Facebook page. I encourage everybody to go there, re-listen to this interview, uh, copy down the hot tips and tools, and begin practicing even if it's just for 10 seconds a day to begin with, giving yourself the gift to take care of yourself so that you can be there for others in your vitality, in your your harmony, in your beauty, uh, to the best of your ability in this human form. you are awesome. and the reason that I feel you're so awesome is because, you're very good at modulating and meeting people where they are. And that is so important. And this this piece about trauma and Flint, Michigan and air, water and inner toxicity pollution, and then the bridge to naturally helping yourself and keeping yourself high vibration is incredible. It has been a pleasure to meet you I am doing another interview which is gonna begin actually on the hour at two. If you're interested, I'm most likely going to stream it into another Facebook page that is called Enlivening Consciousness. That is a a Facebook page that I manage and then I'll be sharing that into the Reimagine Tick Whack page. But I think it was really important for us to stream live into, the reimagine tickwach page with this particular interview because people that call themselves environmentalists often don't understand the connection between the external environment and their internal environment yeah. and people that call themselves movement people don't often understand the inter- interface between movement and self-healing and the external environment and you know it's not okay to use plastic if you can help it because we don't want another Flint, Michigan in Pittsburgh, even though people may not realize that in Pittsburgh, we've already got a Flint, Michigan, right? It's just not being. So we formed literally reimagined TICWAC as the acronym, Turtle Creek Watershed and Airshed Communities, plus, plus meaning we all share worldwide the same air, the same water. We understand now we're sharing with the cosmos. And we better get over it that we think we're the be all end all. We're important. We're all avatars and we're all brilliant, but we are have to take care of not only ourselves, but the cosmos. So you are, you are, you understand what I'm talking about. And you not only understand it, you've lived it. And I have more goosebumps because my mother was in early childhood education I literally went to the University of maryland experimental at uh, ed- nurse- nursery school in the education department when I was three or four years old, and there was a two- way mirror so that the students could watch me so it was a lab school which yes you know what, you know
0: it's come fast forward is it's kind of ironic is I have two small grandchildren he, Reed who is he's close to two and a half and my granddaughter is soon to be 18 months old. And they both are going to be starting at the lab school at the University of Michigan, Flint. So I'm really, but what I was gonna say though, is is when you look at what, when you look at the amount of like what lead does to children specifically and the levels of lead and how it impacts them, uh, their whole development, Is really um, it's it's critical, and that's why. And so when I first started designing this curriculum, it was for children. And then one of I and I've been working with the coach mentor, and her name is Chantal Lopez. And Chantal said to me, she's like Tammy, why don't you develop, why don't you develop something for adults? And when you stop and think about it, you have to start with the adults first, because if you don't start with the adults first, and educate them on the impact of it. Then you can't get to the kids. So, and and it's really been, you know, this journey that I've been on since I've started. So, it kind of morphed, and so all of this stuff. But I really am on what I'm going to just say a a true passion on the impacts of trauma and what it does to our health, what it does to our collective. Like how what what does it do to your body? So when we talk about our health, and if you're If you're an eye doctor, you have an understanding of what I'm talking about and how it impacts
1: just so much. Tammy, I so appreciate your openness, your wisdom, your elder wisdom, and your experience. It just comes through every pore. And thank you so much for sharing this time with us. Um, It has been precious. And I'm going to close the uh, live right now. So thank you everybody who was here live. Thank you, Stan. Thank you, Annie. Thank you, the others. If you're watching on replay, please put a hashtag replay so we can uh, respond to your comments. Tammy and I will both be looking there after this live stream is over. So thank you very much.